Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner. I'm your host on Passionate World Radio today. And today our theme is going to be, how do you manage those curveballs that life throws at you? When things are going well and then something comes out of left field and just knocks you off your perch. I'm joined as ever by Rachel Davidson, my good friend. Both of us are international authors, very proud of that. Um, My book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways, is my second international bestseller. And Rachel's first is The Point of Me. So let's move on to our theme of today. Mm. Curveballs. Life is jogging along. Everything is going well. Yes. You think that you've cracked whatever it is, yes. and then suddenly a curveball happens. Yeah. And it can be as, as simple or complicated as you've just got on into a financial yeah. a sense of, of status, stability, yes. and then the car goes wrong, and yeah. there's a, a bill for several hundred pounds or dollars, yeah. um, and you feel you're back to square one. Or as in my life, I just achieved a lovely promotion to a brand new job with a brand new company, nice big fat pay rise, went out, got myself a brand new car, all the finance on it, and a month later the company um, funding was just pulled, and within a day I was redundant. It happens to us all. I think we can all (laughs) cite many, many examples. One of the iterations for my business was I was, uh, at that time, the vast majority of the work in the professional world was that of doing consultancy and training, Mm -hmm. leadership training, Mm -hmm. in big corporates. Um, And then the recession happened Mm -hmm. and the companies that I had contracts for to last from the January to the August, three different contracts which would have given me full-time work Mm. um, for those months, Um, they pulled the plug on their training and development program and at a stroke from full-time work, nothing. Yes. We all experience these things and it's very easy when that happens to think it's the end of the world. Mm. Some people see it as the universe getting at them yeah. Why me? Yeah, it's extremely personal. Um, and other people feel completely disconnocerated by it yes. and unresourced by it. Yes. What I find quite fascinating is, at a personal level and working with so many clients, is how often that curveball is the catalyst to something that's even better. Mm. Yeah. Um, and whilst it's discomforting, it takes us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. when a curveball happens. I think the way in which we um, react to that curveball mm. can make all the difference between whether that is truly a negative experience yeah. or whether it is seen as uh, the, an opportunity. Yeah, in fact, that's a very good point because I, I'm sat here thinking about curveballs and, and all of the examples that immediately come to mind are, are sort of the, you know, the negative things that can happen in life. Yes. 
um, that sort of, that knock you off your perch. But but actually, there are there are positive curveballs too. There are people who turn up in your life um, and and um, make you think differently. And they're curveballs too. Yeah, they disrupt the pattern of your thinking. Yes, and I think for me. Every situation, however negative it may feel at the time, mm. there is the opportunity for positive things to come out of that. Mm. So if I think about you know, my, my disability, mm. um, those of you that have heard me speak before will say, for me there were significant gifts that came out of the, the inability to walk. Yes. Now, does that mean it was comfortable at the time? No, it doesn't. No. Does it mean that there weren't dark days when it felt really as if life had finished. Yes. That that you know that was so, but actually as time passes and you look back, mm. and I think it tends to be when you have a little bit of space to look back. Yes. The huge gift of that was the unique development of a program for personal empowerment. Yes. Um, which came, arose because I physically couldn't get into the classroom. Yes. And yes. because I was much more ready to listen and to watch and to be patient mm -hmm. than perhaps I would have been if I'd been able-bodied yeah I would like to think that I would have done it anyway but I suspect probably mm -hmm. not yeah. and I wonder you know we see things as curveballs and we see them negative in that moment that they happen mm -hmm. how quickly one's able to move from that position of this is a really negative thing I can't cope with this to can I see the opportunities in this? Yes. Am I open to this actually being something in the bigger game plan of the universe, yeah. if you like? Yeah. Um, I don't understand at the moment yeah. the why, yeah. but actually out of it something even better is going to uh, arise. And in the instance where the curveball is potentially something very, very positive, you know, the, the sudden landing of the international book publishing deal, for instance, um, it's about do you have the guts to grab your opportunity and to live your dream and to shine your light? And I think there's a step not... even before that. Mm -hmm. Do you recognise the opportunity? You... Quite. Good point, yeah. Because so yeah. often these opportunities pass us by. Yes. Um, and But mm. having said that, you're, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone, as you say. Yeah. To be brave. Yeah. Yes, because, um, because curveballs, by their nature create change they disrupt and they create change and th I mean I think that's what we're, we're when we talk about curveballs we're, we're just using a, a particular phrase to, to describe a, a change that we hadn't thought of was coming we, we didn't know it was going to happen yes yeah and life is full of that and I think that yeah. once you embrace that life is full of of those challenges but those challenges provide opportunities mm. now I'm not saying that one has to celebrate every time, you know, the washing machine goes wrong or you find you've got a big bill that you weren't expecting yeah. or you suddenly become very ill. Yeah. And I don't want us to diminish the level of challenge yeah. that that can create. It would be very easy to trivialise curveballs <laughs> when they can be life-changing yes. and they can be incredibly challenging to deal with, not only for you but for yeah. the people you care about. And yeah. You know, in the work context and so on. Yeah, I mean, the d dinosaurs um, probably saw that meteor landing on the planet and thought, hmm, curveball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a curved meteor, actually. Yes. <laughs> and quite considerable. <laughs> um, 
but often at the time we make meaning of those situations and that meaning may or may not be the reality yeah. if you're able to, to give yourself a little bit of distance from it. Yes. So I think for me it's around whatever the situation, however difficult the situation may be in that time, there is the potential, mm -hmm. if you choose to see it and grasp it, mm -hmm. there is the potential for growth mm -hmm. and the potential to create something new out of that. Yes. And if it's a positive um, opportunity, yeah. then having recognising that the only person that's going to get in the way of you um, yeah. maximising that, that opportunity mm. is actually you. Yeah. Because even if you think that there are lots of reasons why you shouldn't do something, they will be um, the sort of things that you can overcome mm. if you're open to being able to overcome them. If you're not, then mm. they become a brick wall that you can't get through. Mm. I mean, I remember that shock of that first redundancy very, very clearly. It was a massive loss to me, a massive dent to my self-confidence, um, a, a massive um, period of grief, frankly. Um, and throughout it, I can I remember leaning on my kitchen cabinets at the time saying, saying to myself, there's got to be some learning in this for me. There's, there's got to be some meaning, hasn't there? Hasn't there? And actually, it's only until you, you have a bit of space and you're able to look back on it that, that it was universe's way of of giving me resilience and and actually making me realize that I, at the time I was very caught up in uh, my identify uh, my identity being the job I did yes that's really common isn't it yes. that we are who what we do yes how often do you um, do you talk to people and what they give you is is the, the, the job role that they are, not the person they are. Yes, yes. It's much easier to, to, to latch onto that. Yeah. And I think often curveballs that come to us, whether it's around work or health or family relationships, mm. that makes us question who we are. Mm. Yeah. And if your sense of self, your identity is not secure, mm. then it's very easy to fall into um, a, a, a pit of who am I? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's sort of like somebody looking at a bird that's sitting on a on a branch and being sort of, um, you know, seeing that the bird is actually very scared about the branch falling away. And somebody viewing that situation would say, well, don't be so ridiculous, you're a bird, you've got wings, you can fly. Yes. But the bird is sat there saying, I hope this branch doesn't fall away, I hope what happens if the branch falls away. So the perspective of somebody looking on to, to somebody in that situation is one of, you need a curveball to make that branch fall and then you'll realise that you've got wings and you yes. can fly. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's that's a really interesting one because the growth that comes out of dealing with those challenging situations, mm. ones which we expect and ones which we don't, mm. that growth is so vital mm. to our development as a, our intellectual, our emotional and our spiritual development. To our happiness, yeah. yeah. Um, that yeah, ultimately, it is through through growth mm. that you actually start to recognise your own worth. Mm. Um, and unless that's tested, mm. um, then you're never going to know. So, should we all be trying to spot the curveballs? Well, no. I think <laughs> I think there's an interesting one. It depends on in, on the way in which you try to spot the curveballs. Yeah. If you are open to the fact that change and challenge is a really 
um, productive thing in your life, then you're going to look out for them and you'll look out for them with a very different view to if you are fearful yes. and you are constantly on the lookout for the threat of curveballs. Yes. One opens you up, the other closes you down and diminishes you. It's the difference between a, a cricketer or a baseball player watching for the ball so that they can catch it yes. versus watching for the ball so they can duck and not be hit by it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but it, isn't it interesting that the very thing that we can rely on, which is change, challenge, curveballs, uh-huh. one of the three constants in life, again, listeners who listen to us will know that I will often say that there are three constants. Uh-huh. From the moment we are born, we know that at some point we will die. Yes. That we also know that if we live in, certainly in the civilised world, we will have to and I question the word civilised sometimes, but we will have to pay tax. Yes. Was it Mr McCorver who said? Yes. Yeah, the two constants in life are death and taxes. <laughs> but actually the third constant in life is the fact that there will be change. Yes. And again, from the moment we're born, we are changing physically. Mm. We're developing emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. Mm. At that level there is change, but there is going to be change in every given situation, there is the capacity mm. for change to happen. Mm. And I, I suppose what makes it a curveball versus just, you know, um, cumulative change is, is the scale and suddenness of the situation. I would add something to it, you know, yeah. I, that, that, yes, that, that's absolutely true, but I also think it's our attitude yeah. towards things which we're not expecting happening and whether that's something that we may feel a little um, uh, rocked off our perch to start with, go back to the bird, um, but we don't fear it. Mm. If you fear those curveballs, they're already having an effect before they come. Yes. Because yes. they're colouring in yes. this moment and yes. we only have this moment. Yeah. But if you're worried about what might come, it might not. And the, the act of worrying is, is a very... Um, well, if it, if it were a piece of food, it would have no calories in it, would it? It would have no, no real nourishment to it at all. It's, um... it's like sitting in a rocking chair. Yeah. You spend lots of energy rocking <laughs> to and fro, but you don't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you're quite right. It's, it, there's no nourishment, certainly in terms of nourishment for your soul. Yeah. It has quite the opposite effect. Yes. It's, it, it leaches out any sense of resilience, any sense of, of mm. ability and confidence. Mm. And for me, you know, the whole business of, of negotiating curveballs, because in everybody's life there will be some, it's not about the curveball so much about how you deal with it. Yes. Uh, again, if you listeners will have heard me say it's not the challenge that defines you, yeah. but it's what you do with that challenge. Yes. And your response not only to the challenge itself, but to the possibility of that challenge. Yes. Is really, really important. And you can see it in the natural world, can't you, with the theories around evolution and it's it's actually not the, the biggest, strongest that that um, of the species that necessarily is is the one that goes forward to survive. It's it's the one that is the most adaptable. Absolutely, adaptability is crucial. Yeah. Um, now that that I think again, there's a balance between adaptability and being a complete and utter pushover. Yes. And just giving in. Um, so. 
ultimately thinking about what you want to do and how you're going to do it is really important if you are to um, to manage these things and to do it with elegance and grace. Yes. Um, so in any given day, there will be things that you can interpret mm. as a curveball or as an opportunity. Mm. In any given lifetime, there will be nobody, I think, unless you are put in a cell at the beginning of your life and kept there till you die, and that in itself is a challenge. Yeah. Um, there will be nobody on this earth as an adult who yeah. does not at some point have to deal with with curveballs both negative and positive there's um there's in the news uh, in the uk um at the moment um there is a group of of uk school children stuck in some caves in thailand they, yes uh and um happily they've been found amazing but, isn't uh, it yeah tw 12 of them plus their coach um very very deep underground in this network of caves they were trapped because of rising uh, water so luckily they've been found. But what I found most interesting about the commentary that was going on about it, um, the experts, the caving experts that are sort of brought on to talk in these sound bites, was that pretty much all of them described the fact that um, th the toughest period was coming next for these this group of children because they had managed to survive a week in the darkness uh, uh, and you know trusting that they hadn't died. Uh, somebody said, you know, it's so dark down there that you're not even sure you've opened your eyes and, and, you, can, and you can become convinced that you're dead already. <laughs> and um, he said, but actually the challenge now is you have to go through hell next to, to be able to reach the light. And this is such a great metaphor <laughs> for me. I, I love the, the meaning in, in it. Yeah, I am so love it in the, in the sense that I'm so fascinated and curious about, about it. So imagine, you know, you, you've gone through this terrible trauma, you're saved, the, the, uh, a bloke pops it up and says, hi, we found you, we found you. So here's some food, here's some sustenance, now we're going to plan how to get you out. And you know then that you've got to suffer yet more horribleness in order to... Going through the water, going through really tiny survive. places, climbing and effort and... You know, oh and my so, God, what yes. kind of curveball would that be to, to have to... To have had the strength to get yourself to that position and then to know that you've it's not finished, you've got to do more. It's the hero's journey, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And you know, those of you that are familiar with the principle of the hero's journey is that the hero of any you know, look at all of the Greek mythology yes, and the and yes. the, the famous stories through life, yeah. is the hero or the heroine is given a task. Mm. And that task, if you like, is the, the analogy is that that's life. Mm. Um but they have to go through all sorts of challenges and traumas. They have to go through the quicksand. They have to go and yeah. fight the dragon. They, yeah. you know, there's um, evil people trying to stop them along their way. Yeah. And yeah. they have to overcome those things. And each time they overcome, they think, well, that's it, there's no more. And then they go around the corner and there's yet another. This is why we have the, the phrase rites of passage. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's an instinctive preparation that that we do in order to help ourselves grow up and cope and to have confidence that having gone through that trial that challenge we we have more confidence in our in our capabilities so that the next one that comes along um, doesn't feel as threatening 
that we have the ability to cycle through the challenge quicker, faster, stronger, that we have the ability to adapt. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, our, the stories that have been passed down through time have been passed down for a reason, haven't they? Yes, yes. That if by rehearsing these things in a safe environment, mm. <coughs> while you're listening to the story, mm. um, then when something happens, you're able to actually reflect that back to, ah, oh, that's like when I listen to the story, and I too will be able to manage that. Yes. And I was, um, I was reading about the history of Superman. <laughs> Apparently, Superman as a character was was created, and um, as time went on, he gained more and more superpowers. Right. Until it got to the point that he was completely and utterly invincible. Nothing could touch him. And his popularity plummeted. Yes. Because because there's no interest in that kind of being. There's there's no... Having no limits. There's no light and shade, is there? There's no contrast. he was such a falsity to what we understand as, as true nature. Um, so in order to make the character of Superman um, feel real and therefore you know, connect with readers and therefore become more popular, sell more magazines, was that the creators gave him weaknesses, kryptonite. Well, yeah, yes. Yeah, and then, then they built upon that and made that there were certain other types of kryptonite which would give him more weaknesses. Yes. And the more he became a flawed hero vulnerable real yes (laughs) the the more popular he is because of course it resonates because each one of us is a flawed hero yes but interestingly for me i i will often say to people you know we we make our own script for our own life story yes and we interpret what happens in terms of the sort of character we choose to be yes and many people choose to be a victim Mm. to um life yeah. You know, poor me, this has happened, yeah. um, why me, um, it's not fair, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't happen to them, but it's happened to me. Yeah. And I just, you know, I ask those people, well, if you're going to make yourself a character within your own script or story, yeah. why don't you cast yourself as the, as the hero or the heroine, yeah. somebody who has strength and resilience? Yeah. You're not a victim to any situation. Yeah unless you choose to see yourself as victim. Yes. Now, I want to qualify that. You know, victims of violence, yes. victims of abuse, victims yes. of accident, yeah. they are in that moment a victim. Yes. However, I'm talking about in terms of the, the longer term, yeah. is whether you stay being a victim. Yes. And I've worked with many people who have been very significantly abused, for example. Yeah. And one of the things that, that they recognise as we work together is that if they continue to relive where they were abused and to hold on to the hate and to the, mm. um, that, that sense of that other person still has power, mm. they remain a victim. Yeah. Their present and their future is hugely coloured by that. Yes. If they're able to forgive their victim, those of you that have heard me speak about forgiveness will know that forgiveness is not about condoning no. and not about um, forgetting, mm. but letting go. Yeah. Then in that moment, they stop being the victim and they start to be the hero. Yes, and I, I was um, listening to somebody talking about forgiveness. Uh, it was her father that she needed to forgive. And she, she'd she started the process of forgiveness by wanting him to get it, why she was forgiving him. 
and it became sort of important for her to, that he did this, but he kept failing and wouldn't. You know, but that's not it. forgiminess, that's conditional. Then, exactly. Then she realised, ah, I'm not doing forgiveness. I'm yes. just repeating another control pattern yeah. uh, and keeping myself stuck in the victim mode. Yeah. Because now, again, I've placed myself in the position where I need him to do something for me. I need him to be in a particular person, way. Yeah. And he's not going to do it. And once again, I'm the victim of his behaviour. And it was only when she realised that actually forgiveness is about the process in your head and your heart and what you decide. And irrespective of what anybody else's opinion is, it's what it's it's that process of coming to peace with something that is the act of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it has nothing really to do with the the enemy, the perpetrator, the the other person. It, it, it's totally about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we take it back to the, you know, um, more obviously to the theme of dealing with curveballs mm. curveballs can be you know, very minor ones yep or they can be huge and yet it's interesting that often people deal with the huge ones better than they do with the little ones it's true isn't it yeah and i wonder why and i suspect that actually that we latch onto the little ones because they feel manageable yeah. And we feel safe to challenge those. Yes. But when it's something big, when things really, you know, when the proverbial hits the fan, that what we recognise is we need to get on with this. No yeah. faffing about. We yeah. need to draw upon our resources yeah. and be really strong. Mm. And I'm I'm reminded of an ex, you know a friend of both of ours whose daughter has um, struggled with cancer. Yeah. Since. Yeah. A five-year-old and she's now in 18 or 19 and has suddenly lost the ability to walk mm. when they thought she was in remission and they're not sure about whether or not this mm. is a return of the cancer or something, something else, else yeah. and you know we've been talking about a, a few things which in the context of this happening mm that she had been upset about mm. but the interesting thing is that now when she's dealing with this and her daughter yeah i've no doubt she's devastated but actually what you witness is her strength and her resilience yes and her determination to fight the fight for her daughter yes and there is nothing of the victim yes this is warrior yes. this is yes. lioness protecting her cubs yeah and I've no doubt that uh, there are times when she does feel um, on mm. the back foot and she mm. feels, why ours? Mm. But actually, you have to admire her courage and mm. her conviction yeah. that the only thing that's really important at the moment is making sure that her daughter is given yeah. as much support and strength. And interestingly, her daughter, again, an amazingly resilient young woman, who's had to cope with more than anybody should have to cope with. Yes. Um, She has a quiet strength about her and a a capacity to think, right, I'll get my head around this. I will deal with this. It's not going to stop me. Yes. And in in that is the lesson that the the greater the scale of curveball, the the greater amount of focus is required in order to... um, to get through it, to, to deal with the challenge. Um, and and there's a great deal of comfort in having a singular focus. <laughs> I think that's true, whilst one would choose that, that focus to be something more constructive. Yeah. But I wonder how many of our listeners are reacting to the minor curveballs mm. as if they are major curveballs. Yes. And if 
you know, if nothing else, if listening to this will actually make you question, mm. actually, am I giving this airtime, headspace, mm. um, energy, emotion mm. that is actually in proportion to the level of curveball that this is? And that's not, there's that awful phrase of, of um, well, there's always always somebody else suffering worse than you, which which is often used in... in a I don't think it's helpful, though, do you? No, because it, 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 sort of, it sort of makes you feel like your suffering isn't valid. It's like saying to somebody who's lying in a hospital bed, what are you moaning about? You've only got one broken leg. This poor person's got two. Yeah. Your one broken leg is going to hurt. Yes. Um, and I don't think you can make that level of comparison. No, no. Because it's not valid to say, oh, you know, in, in, in my suffering of my broken leg, I devalue your two broken legs over there. That's not what's going on. So, it, it, you know, it's weird to sort of do it the other way, which is, oh, you know, be thankful for, your, for the level of suffering you have. It could be worse. <laughs> and of course it could. Mm. Um, and I think that's where things like, you know, the construct of you focus on what you can do rather than what you can't, yes. focus on how you might be able to solve the problem rather than focusing on the fact of how dreadful it is, yes. can be very helpful. Yeah. But ultimately, each of us is on our own journey, yeah. our own path. Yeah. And part of our hero's journey yeah. is that we will go through various situations which appear to be challenging, yeah. difficult, that we will go through those times where we believe that we can't cope, mm. that it's not fair. Yeah. But for me, it's not about saying that you can't have those and that they're not, that they are invalid. It's more about how do you move through those mm. more quickly with elegance, with grace, with a sense of growth. Yes. Rather than getting stuck in the, in the bog that, that mm. being a victim leaves you in. And what do you think of the of the word acceptance within this context? I think it's a really interesting concept and perhaps it ought to be the theme of a whole new programme because oh, we're yeah. so close to the end. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that when there is a level of acceptance about the situation, mm. life gets very much easier. Mm. But I think there's a huge caveat in that. This is not about going, what's the poem, you know, don't go quietly into the night. Oh, yeah. There are times when I think we need to... Um, explore acceptance because I think there's a difference between accepting things and being able to um, just get on with dealing with it as opposed to railing against something raging against the dying of the light that's the that's the, the yeah. quote thank you I, I've just mangled um, versus accepting your lot because I don't deserve any more yes so maybe we'll make that the theme of our, our next uh, program um, until then, we've come to the end of today's time. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you would like to look at the, the uh, past programmes, lots of other resources on my website, genuinely-u, that's genuinely-u.com. Um, you can also get a free digital download of my latest uh, best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. There's going to be an audio book of that available on Amazon soon, and you can also find my other books and also Rachel's book, The Point of Me, on Amazon. So please go to genuinely-u.com and download your free digital version of Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways of Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. Till then, that's Gina Gardner and Rachel. Gina Gardner, host of Passionate World Radio, saying goodbye. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 
Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.